I mean to want and to be ambitious and to want to be successful. How I Made It with Diallo Mackey and Sally Hajjar Produced by Rami Hawa Directed by Rafa Darazi Marhaba everyone and welcome to the first session of our podcast How I Made It A series of talks with industry leaders and renowned personalities with inspiring stories of accomplishments and success. In this episode, we are happy to host one of Dubai's very own success stories, an Emirati acclaimed filmmaker and producer. We welcome today the multi-award Emirati director Ali Mustafa, whose repertoire includes hit Arabic movies such as City of Life, From A to B, and The Worthy. Ali, thank you for being with us today. You uh, you're the first guest on How I Made It. It's our uh, university podcast. Okay. Hopefully this will be something that will be super famous and you'll be our lucky charm. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. We're It's a pleasure. And I'm ready you're for the ready? first question. You're ready okay. for us. <laughs> We're going to start from the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. A lot of families in the Arab world kind of expect their children to be a certain way. Uh, to be creative and to be a filmmaker, to be a storyteller is something that is out of the question for a lot of traditional families, particularly in the Gulf. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a storyteller and was it difficult to kind of convince your family uh, to be in the industry? No, well, I didn't really, it wasn't much convincing. I think they didn't really have a choice. It's because it's <laughs> all, that's all I did. Um, yes, I can, I can, I can agree that those days it would be difficult it was a bit taboo to get into an industry like this but nowadays i think uh, emiratis in general have become a lot more open um, sure. for you know people taking a different career path than what the usual uh, thing is uh, but for me since i was a kid that's all i did and uh, even even every birthday i well not every birthday um, they would gift me a camera beta max really Bet, yeah. Well, you started from... I started from Betamax, yeah. How did you know that? Did you hear, hear that I from I researched Morgan? quite a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. You started at the age of nine. Nine. And you experimented with Betamax. A lot of uh, no, well, probably listeners right now would not know what, what Betamax, Betamax is. So yeah. if they know what VHS is, it's the, it's the, it was the one before VHS. Yeah. <laughs> it was the small little cassettes. And my father, basically, he used to collect... Um, Well, uh, I, I say he collects a lot of things that were bound to be obsolete. I mean, Betamax was this massive collection that didn't last very long. And then he decided later to collect laser discs, okay. which also didn't last very long. But he, he was a film buff. And um, so he had all of these films. I think it was the first film that I put on, which was Star Wars. From your father's collection. Yeah, I put on Star Wars and I saw that for the first time. And I was like... I want to be the person who creates that. Was your father happy being the great film enthusiast that he was when that you told him that? This is what I did? Well, no, I never told him that. It mm. was just a feeling I had. And and so I just tried to make films. They used to have this really massive camera. It started with Super 8, yeah. Sally Lloyd. So we used, I used yeah. to make do stuff with Super 8. And then they had this big camera that you would stick the VHS tapes in. It was literally like that. Those yeah. were the home video cameras back yeah. in the day. And, uh, and then, probably weighs more than you back yeah, in the day for sure <laughs> uh, and then they just got, obviously they got smaller and smaller but I would um, use their like you know the house camera mm. and then eventually they bought me my own camera and then that's all I did I'd just go home every day and make films with my toys with my cousins my friends my brothers do you still keep those tapes? god no nobody kept them know, for you no 
No, maybe somewhere. I mean, what's strange is kids at that age, they would see a film and they would want to be in it. Exactly. You rarely hear somebody wanting to make that film. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of times I had to put myself in it because I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have uh, a lot of, you know, cast lying around. Um, but also, I, I was very much an action freak. I loved action films mm. um, and what would happen. So I would throw myself around the room and I had a cousin as well who's into action. And you did your own stunts? I, yeah, actually until very recently. Um, really? Yeah, and uh, well, 2011, I directed a uh, web series mm. um, called Classified for Land yeah. Rover. Yeah. And, um, and I, I was actually a stunt double for one of the main actors. For, for several for several oh, scenes gosh. because obviously the budget didn't allow us to fly stunt guys in so I said you know what I'll do it and the guy I remember he was um, he had a uh, shaved head yeah and I had obviously long hair um, so I remember taking a swimming cap <laughs> like using the swimming cap <laughs> and like using makeup so I would do the stunts where it was just simple stuff like jumping over cars or getting thrown off a car or jumping off uh, a bridge in, into Dubai Marina mm. Um, things like that. Watching you speak so passionately about you as a kid and how you discovered your passion or your love for the camera, do you still feel the same way towards it today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, every time I'm on set, I feel like I'm learning something new. Mm. It's never ending. Okay. And I feel most alive when I'm on set. You know, you say I was passionate about the way I would speak about how I was as a kid. I still feel like a kid when I'm on set. I still feel like that kid That's when I'm on set. That's a good thing. Yeah. Do you remember your first film? Uh, no, I don't. Um, no, I don't. I mean, they, they were, I mean, a lot of them I was trying not to remember. So <laughs> they were obviously they weren't great. But um, you know what? It would be really interesting if we can find those films. Um, I'm sure my mother has them somewhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's why I ask her the, this question. Yeah. Our moms tend to always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you no, know, hoard the, the weirdest things. She has a room full of my stuff. Speaking of, Diala mentioned your first film. I want to take it back to City of Life, your mm -hmm. first professional film, to say. Okay. Right? Yeah, first feature film. Yeah. So you, Ali, you were audacious enough to showcase what you described in your own words, and I quote you, the good and not, not so good about the city the real that field. yeah yeah so how challenging was it for you as an emirati to produce a local film for the first time and to portray your city in such a, a raw and real matter mm. well um, first of all i think we should we should talk about why i wanted to portray it that way mm -hmm. um, it was at a time where um, the western media um, felt the need to start doing a lot of dubai bashing yeah yeah And, uh, and they called it soulless and this and that and artificial and fake and Disneyland and all the rest. And it's not easy for someone to hear this who grew up here. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously who knows this place actually does have a soul. So I said it's important for me to try and portray Dubai in its realest form. Yeah. Um, you know, from the glitz to the not so glitzy um, to the lives that I know very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's why I actually made the film um, City of Life. And to... To be an Emirati doing it. I mean, were you criticized? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, but only only before the film was actually made. Yeah. Um, because no one actually, um, 
could understand. Expected to see the light too. Yeah. No, at some point. Not only that, how it's going to come out. Yeah. What, what would the reaction be? They they understood yeah. what I was trying to do. They read the script. But that I, it was at a point where I was trying to get um, approval yeah. from the National Media Council. Mm. It took me six months of driving back and forth to Abu Dhabi to tr- like to beg them. Mm-hmm. Um, And I even had other individuals tell me, no, 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 you can't make this film, even in, in Dubai. I mean, you know, the, the more open-minded ones, they would say, take the film, put it in a safe, and after 10 years, think about making But it. But there's an interesting story about how you actually made it happen. Right. How, in addition to the funding, yeah. how did you actually get the clearance? Well, um, And all the rejection that you faced I don't along I, the way. Yeah, I don't think I ever really <laughs> got the clearance for it. This is the funny part. is because I had gone to them. I said, listen, okay, this is the compromise. Can we try this at least? Um, I've already seeked the funding. So this is a multi-million dollar film. Mm-hmm. People are ready to go. But we don't have shooting permit, right? So I told mm-hmm. them, listen, can we... Um, can I at least make the film, mm. right? Then I'll screen it to you. And then you can judge, right? So this is no the, they, they they agreed to that in Dubai. Yeah, they said okay, we'll we'll see it and then we'll judge. So eventually, I make the film, mm. and uh, I remember uh, finally screening it to them, and uh, yeah, I I don't know if I want to get into all of these details now, but it it, it was um, never really approved, yet it was still selected for uh, the Dubai Film Festival. Festival. Yeah, I mean it was approved by His Highness. Eventually, <laughs> because before that it was banned. How I made it with Diala Mekki and Sally Hajar. You know, our podcast is titled How I Made It. Mm. And it's interesting to hear these kind of stories because it shows us time after time that when you push through with your dream, nothing mm. is impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a funny story. I don't know how real it was that not all the theaters agreed to play City of Life. You only had two theaters. No, no, no. Well, I did, I did, no, no, I didn't have two theaters. No, actually, they were quite supportive. But I, we, didn't have, um, we didn't have enough money, I guess, to have s- as many prints. We were on 12 screens okay. throughout the country. Um, and it was the same weekend release, I think, as Iron Man 2 and Clash of the Titans. Right? Amazing. Big movies, mm. right? And they were on like 65 screens or something. Mm. We were second in the box office yeah. in that first mm-hmm. week. So it goes to show that you know the people were ready and they wanted to see this film, even though we had no advertising. This word of mouth and the amazing support we got from the media, you know, as we were you know progressing with this film, um, was amazing. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Okay, so do you think you earned that media support, or was it just because you were the first Emirati director to do that move? What do you think gave it w- like that media push? I'm not. I'm, I don't know if I'm very keen on the the word first Emirati director. Mm. Um, With a feature film, I mean. Not even that. Really? Yeah, there were a couple of feature films before mine. I was okay, I'm okay with you saying First International mm-hmm. because it was the first film to leave the UAE and okay. like have a you know major theatrical release. But other than that, no, I wouldn't say I'm the first. Okay. But how was life post City of Life? I mean, when you get uh, yourself this recognition internationally and locally and you're able to portray uh, Dubai in the way that you wanted it uh, to be portrayed, Was it difficult to make your second film and get the same kind of funding, approvals? Does it get easier or does it get more challenging well, okay. along the way? This is the thing. So then I assumed it would be a lot easier. Hmm. You know, I made my film. It's going to be easier <laughs> now to do another one. It took me four years to do my other one. 
making a film isn't easy. It's not. But in terms of where we are with censorship, oh, we've come such a long mm. way. Um, I am actually, I was supposed to be making a film this year. Obviously, due to Corona, it didn't happen and got postponed. But I got script approval from NMC. Okay. The same people who, obviously, it took forever to get approval on the first one. Mm. I gave them a script, which to me is far more controversial than City of Life. Mm. I got approval in three days. I mean, that's, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. And it's set in Dubai. Why is it so difficult in a city like Dubai, uh, obviously with big budgets and focus on luxury, to get funding for films? Well, look, I mean, um, Dubai, there's been a lot of changes in Dubai. Huh? I, mean, we're, I mean, we had a Dubai Film Festival, which to me was one of the best things to happen to our industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we don't even have an industry, let's be real. It's a movement. It's still not an industry. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the loss of that festival, I think, hit people hard, especially who wanted to become filmmakers. Because uh, Dubai is always about being number one. And in such a short amount of time, like in, what, 14 years, um, Dubai Film Festival, out of the three and a half thousand odd festivals globally, Dubai Film Festival was in the top 10 for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. right? And it was going to even start closing in to, to get a really good spot. And then all of a sudden they decided to stop. I mean, so you can't really, I can't really ask myself why this and why that, because some strange decisions sometimes get made. So um, we're very lucky to actually have Abu Dhabi and Image Nation and now uh, Vox are interested in, in, in funding films. NBC are getting into making films. Shahid is now there. Netflix are coming to us, you know, into the, in the region. So, I mean, the future is bright. Mm. But in terms of funding itself here, uh, I can't answer that because I don't even know what, you know, what's going on here. What is the biggest challenge for you right now as a filmmaker to produce uh, your next film in addition to the funding, obviously, that we talked about right now? Um, I, don't, I don't see a challenge mm. um, for the next one. Um, I think I think what's important. Uh, well, the first one was quite a big budget. Mm. Um, Five million was it? Actually, well, seven and a half million. Um, it was a big budget film, and unnecessarily so. Um, the film itself did not need to be that expensive, but Dubai then didn't have the infrastructure that it has now yeah. in terms of film and incentives. And um, I mean, I could make that same film today for like two million. How much did it from A to B cost? Uh, wasn't it, that much? No, that much. I, th I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it may, it may have been two, just under two. Yeah. I think that every film I had done after that was around that range. Was it fun to shoot from A to B? Because it is a very fun movie to watch. Big time. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you shoot a road trip movie, it's exactly. about these guys going on a journey, and you're literally going on that journey with them, mm. you know. And you like uh, these type of movies. Which ones? Uh, like the journey ones. Road trip, yeah. Road trips. I mean, I like all types of movies. Mm -hmm. Um I say all. I never really liked horror, but then I did The Worthy, mm. which is kind of in that genre. Um, but the reason I'm doing these films is because I want to try and do as many genres as I can to see which one I might, you know. You're still f trying to find oh, yeah. your place within oh, yeah, yeah. these different genres. Yeah, yeah. I've only made three films. Yeah. I produced a few, but I made three films as a mm. director. Mm. How I Made It with Diala Mekki and Sally Hajar. How keen are you on supporting? the young talents in the industry whenever you're making a movie, be it f from the cast to the crew, 
do you make it a point to oh, yeah. bring yeah. on young talents? No, absolutely. I mean, a lot of my films um, that I have done, a lot of them aren't uh, first-time actors. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it, when you see someone um, who has charisma, mm. right, I, I feel I can, tr- you know, translate that onto screen. I can, I can help them be a, a good actor. Um, mm. And I think... I think it's important to try and find new talent as much as you can. And also when we're making films, we announce it in advance. There's people that want to like help out. And I'm, I'm, I'm always open to that, always open to try and help people yeah, um, because be on set. I, I kind of feel like we work in the media industry and there's a lot of people from the young generation. They're just like hoping for a chance. Mm. And um, I know that this industry is kind of small still in our region, but I feel that The more directors like you open up to these talents, totally. the more like this is like a Pandora box to me, like because there are so many good talents, young mm. talents that are still undiscovered. Mm. They just need a helping hand. And I feel like in a way you as a, as the director that you are and the directors like you have this kind of, let's call it duty to help them Absolutely. out, right? For sure. Do you feel sure. there is... Um, a lack in uh, script writers, writers from the region telling the right stories and shedding light on the right kind of, um, you know, challenges uh, in our lives? I think there's a lack um, of skilled um, crew generally mm-hmm. uh, from our part of the world, mm-hmm. um, whether it be producers, DPs, um, everyone, <laughs> when they want mm-hmm. to get into film, they either want to be the director or they want to be the, you know, the, The no one wants to, wants start, to start from, from yeah. the bottom. Yeah. So, um, but what I discovered recently, um, there's this amazing, amazing show that I'm so bloody proud of, and I'll say bloody proud of because that's how passionate I am about it. There's this thing on Netflix called Paranormal, mm. okay? And uh, friends of mine, um, Amr Salama, Mohammed Fefsi, and Majid Ansari, Ahmed Hafiz, who actually also edited, um, they made this first Egyptian Netflix original, mm. okay? It's incredible. It was completely homegrown talent. Yeah. The DP, the production designer, it I was, I mean, the level and the quality of the production in that mm. was incredible. That's incredible. what I was saying. And Majid, Majid Al-Ansari, he's an Emirati mm. film director, right? He, he did the one film before, and he had directed three out of the six episodes which is a big deal, right? And the fact is that we had this like co-kind of alliance now. Mm. It's really, really cool. And I think, I think it's getting um, smaller, like this, this circle. We're going to start bringing it in and we're going to st- do a lot more work together, for sure. How do you feel the industry has changed since the days that you started? Well, um, a lot's changed. Um, it, it has and it hasn't. I mean, because I did, I did think we were going to be, we're going to actually have an industry by now. Mm. We don't. Why do you think is that? Well, for, for uh, what is an industry? An industry is something which is uh, sustains itself, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you make a movie, um, people go to the cinema, uh, they buy tickets. With the money of the tickets, you can make another movie. Mm. It, that's how it works. It becomes this engine. We don't have that yet so because we're not releasing we... enough films and we're not getting films that are, that are making money. Good films, you mean? Regardless. Because Even I if it was a bad film making funny money, it would, you know, still you could, be uh, yeah. business. So you think that the Arab audience don't still don't have that movie culture? I wouldn't say Arab audience because there is an industry in Egypt. Mm. 
it's, but, it's, but Egypt is the, on its own. They have sure. their own industry. Yeah, but the Gulf, no, not yet. Mm. We're, we're not there yet. But we will. I mean, like I said, with all of these platforms and, and, and organizations that are coming out ready to fund films, we'll get there for sure. Mm. And the fact is Saudi have open cinemas. Yeah. I mean, that ne- we, no one would have imagined that. Now this, this gives us even more hope that we can actually, you know, make a living. <laughs> do, you, do you think that with the emerge, emergence now of the OTT and all these online platforms, do you think that people would still make the effort to go to the cinema? Go to the cinema? I think so. Mm. I think it's, I think it's, um, the cinema is, uh, it's, it's an experience on its own. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel it will be. It's mm. going to be, it's difficult because it's hard to say. Because, I mean, one of the biggest films that, were, that was made this year, Dune, Mm. Um, was released its trailer was released vertically on an iPhone are you kidding me like this was shot anamorphic and yet you had to watch it like that so I don't know where it's going exactly because you feel that the industry is really getting disrupted yeah. very very fast and yeah. we, know, we don't know if in like 10 years time we're still going to have that experience of going to the cinema or we're just going to be and also the, the young uh, viewers will consume content in a completely mm. different, different manner absolutely. as well Look, I, 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 I do know there's going to be a big um, new wave of uh, cinema openings in Saudi, so I do hope um, it works out. Look, and if it doesn't, there's going to be new ways of revenue. So you'll adjust? Oh, yeah. Do you think this As pan- we all do. Do you think this pandemic uh, accelerated our industries in, in the way that we started getting used to different uh, ways of consuming content? We didn't have the chance to go to cinema, so we started getting used to watching it on... Um, SBOD platforms. Mm. Um. I think this pandemic helped in many ways. Um, forget it, not even our mm. industry, just generally speaking, it shows how we can adapt as people. Um, we were thrown a pandemic in our faces and we now everyone can, walks around with a face mask. Mm. You know, um, everyone, everyone, you know, adapts. So I feel when it comes to things like this, we will adapt into whatever way um, it works for whatever industry. Creatively, yeah, yeah. did it impact you on a personal level? Uh, something interesting happened, though, during the pandemic. I directed my first commercial via Zoom. Oh, wow. Which was the first for me. <laughs> it was interesting. It was, for, it was for Expo. It was for Ramadan, actually. So I, I was sitting there on my laptop directing people while there was two... Um, Two assistants just yeah. going to the different locations. Surreal. Crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So. It would have looked like a scene from a movie if yeah. we had, you know, like 10 years ago. Yeah, that, totally. That would have been no, looked really crazy. Alhamdulillah, I, I managed to tick a few boxes and that was definitely an interesting one. What are you currently working on? Um, well, there's a, a couple of commercials mm-hmm. going to be lined up. I, I did a, a one I was quite pleased with actually for Imarat Petroleum. Um, which, again, I was given a lot of freedom on. Mm-hmm. And when you get given freedom on stuff like that, and when I say freedom, I mean because obviously when you're shooting a commercial, Creativity. there's the agency, yeah. you yeah, have the yeah. client, and then everyone mm-hmm. has an opinion. But with this, they were, you know, they let you, uh, let us just, you know, do what we wanted creatively to try and make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing next feature film-wise? Um, Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> Like I said, I got I got script approval in three days, so it would be that project. And that project is, uh, let's just say, it's 10 years later mm. to a film I have once done. We really mm. hope to see that soon. <laughs> How I Made It with Diala Mekki 
and Sally Hajar. I wanted to ask you something, Ali. When did you feel that you've made it? Like, you sat with yourself and you said, I made it. Or you haven't had that mm. moment yet. No. When well, do you think you'll have that moment? Look, I guess... I guess when I was on the set of my first film. Mm. And I saw those trucks pull in. And I was on set, walking around and I saw that slate and it had my name on it. I'm like, maybe then I'm like, okay. This is the start. Yeah. Did I make it? No. Am I close to making it? No. It is, which is a, you know, you always have to What's your dream? keep trying. What's my dream? Yeah. If there was a genie now popping out, out, of, out of a bottle, what would you Let ask for? Let me get you the for? bottle right now. <laughs> <laughs> what would you ask him for professionally to feel that you've, like, fulfilled yourself? If I get the blessing to make uh, the film on the life story of Sheikh Zayed. Oh. That's my dream. What would be your advice to every aspiring director, producer, storyteller out there? Um, I, I'm, I guess if anyone's heard me speak about this before, I might sound quite repetitive, but I think it's really important. Um, I call it the three P's. Right, where yeah. We have it here somewhere. It's p- <laughs> passion, passion, perseverance, and, and patience. patience. Perseverance patience. and patience. Yeah. Patience, is patience is extremely important because... You know, you 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 could give up. You could, I mean, it took me four years to make my first film. Mm. I, if someone in their second year in would be like, I can't do this anymore. So patience is extremely important. Yeah. And perseverance means you just don't stop. Mm. You keep going until you get it. And passion, of course, you need passion. I mean, if you're missing one out of the three, you cannot be a filmmaker, I believe. How I Made It with Diala Mekki and Sally Hajar. If you're trying to follow your dreams, um, and you keep getting rejected um, and you give up, then you're not really trying hard mm-hmm. enough. Um, and it's not meant for you. Mm-hmm. You're Then you're not cut out for it. Mm-hmm. It's the ones who keep going. And that's when they actually have something to, to look at and be proud of. Yeah. It's the ones who don't mm-hmm. give up. I mean, the ones who quit, I mean, what do you say? You can't quit in anything If especially if you're if it's a dream of yours and a goal we're so happy that you know you were the our first guest yay and we hope that your story inspires many Inshallah. as thank I'm you. sure it would thank you uh, thank you so much for being with us thank you Ali yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> and uh, guys remember keep dreaming it until you make it I mean to want and to be ambitious and to want to be successful how I made it with Diala Mekki and Sally Hajar, produced by Rami Hawa, directed by Rafa Darazi.